Have you ever wondered if it's possible to live in sync with your cycle? Do you struggle with a negative mindset around your period? Are you wondering if it's possible to be feminist and anti-birth control? We're going to explore these questions and so much more in the Managing Your Fertility podcast, because this is about helping you live a whole and full life. I'm your host and guide, Bridget Busacker, joining you in this journey of exploration related to women's healthcare, feminism, and fertility awareness. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be joined by Hannah and Paul Caruso. They are joining to talk to us more about Serena at Symptothermal Method. And I'm just excited to have them here and jump into their introduction before they tell us more about their story and this particular method. So Hannah and Paul have been teaching the Symptothermal Method as volunteers with Serena since 2018. They met in physics class at university and were married in 2015. They have used the Symptothermal Method to achieve and avoid pregnancy and while navigating a PCOS diagnosis and fertility challenges. They have found natural family planning empowering and helpful every step of the way, and they now have a beautiful one-year-old son. They enjoy working and volunteering with Serena in various capacities on the national, provincial, and local team level. And for those who are unfamiliar with Serena, this is located in Canada. So if you're noticing some of those um, uh, uh, word changes there with national, provincial, local team level, they're going to get into that and explaining how it's broken down and how it works within um, their area where they're located. Paul and Hannah, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you with me. We're very excited to be here. Mm, Yes. Can you tell us more about your story and why you became instructors for Serena before we jump into how Serena works and, and what it looks like to uh, chart with Serena? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so uh, for me, I, I was becoming uh, more aware of natural family planning uh, when I was in university. And uh, having just recently become Catholic, um, just hearing about it kind of from all sides, uh, and I was... I was really intrigued because I, I was raised with a, a real interest in, in more natural uh, natural health ideas. Uh, so when we when we got going on our marriage prep process, uh, we learned about uh, which which natural family planning methods were available in our area, and that's that's when uh, that's when we dove in learning together. Yeah, yeah. So it was a I think part of our, our reason that we became instructors is because uh, the the people who taught us uh, were so inspiring and interesting to us um, that it was uh, it was just really great. Um, we had a, a couple who had experienced using using the method their their whole life, raising children, spacing children, and it just felt like such a mentorship, such a wonderful mentorship experience that we thought as we were learning like oh we'd love to be able to do this for other people as well this is so great i think as we started using natural family planning in our everyday life we saw what an impact it had we were amazed by the communication that we had in our relationship and just the the amount of intimacy it created always talking about what our goals were um, understanding our fertility and talking about something that we just hadn't talked about most of our life, I think, and being able to share that with each other. It was uh, so impactful that when uh, our, the people who taught us finally did uh, contact us and were like, Hey, are you interested in volunteering and becoming uh, teachers and teaching other people? We were like, yes, it was, it was an instant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. That's really awesome. That's really awesome. And I, I, it's really great to have for, for part of this method series to have a couple on and talking about the, the benefits that they've seen in an FP, because I think it's common or at least a, a struggle for some individuals who listen, you know, to an interview where they're hearing one half of a couple, it's like, really, do they really find that communication has improved? Do they really see the benefits? Because I think it, um, it is something that is more, it's becoming more common, but I think it's still fringe to the idea that a couple is going to use natural means to plan their family, avoid achieve pregnancy that I think just having both of your voices here is really powerful to hear like, yeah, this is possible. This can be impactful in your marriage and in understanding how you can communicate communicate about something that is deeply personal and, and has, you know, obviously so many different aspects to the journey of fertility and what can it be experienced as is true of your own story with um, some of your fertility challenges, the PCOS diagnosis too. So tell us more about Serena, how is it structured and with being located in Canada, just giving a bit more context for our listeners, um, especially for those who are in Canada and who have maybe never heard of this organization and would love to be able to connect too. Yeah. So Serena is a national organization. So the structure is that there's this uh, national body and then uh, groups in various provinces. And then in those provinces, there's teams on the local level. So for example, um, we're just outside of Toronto. We live in Guelph and there's a, a team in the Kitchener-Waterloo and Guelph area. So this little triad of, of cities that are clustered together. and the local team of teachers will, will meet with each other and support each other. Um, and we're, we're part of that provincial group, which is part of the national group. So it's a, it's a hierarchical setup. Yeah. So uh, it's a big, big province in Canada, we've got Ontario, um, but we've got groups in Quebec, um, British Columbia, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, British Columbia, Nova Scotia, so a bunch of Canadian provinces, and then Alberta. Alberta, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are the where we've got active teachers right now, and then we uh, also cover the rest of Canada by just letting teaching online in those areas. Yeah, where, wherever someone's located, if there's if there isn't a local team, you know, in your particular town, we'll do a virtual session online. You could be in the remotest part of Canada, and, and we can make it happen. Yeah. That's awesome. And I love that there's so many options for in-person virtual. I think that's been something that um, I think, especially during the COVID that really came out of everything was the virtual option for NFP and fertility awareness methods that I just saw such a proliferation of virtual options being available and so many more people having access. That was really incredible. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's great just to see, I know there were some methods that were doing it pre COVID and, and before it was cool. Um, but I think just to see that it's so much more available now is amazing for individuals who find that they may be in a location where they don't have access to, to be able to drive or to have that in-person option too. Yeah. Most of the teaching we do right now is virtual, which is new for us. Uh, I, I do miss elements of the in-person teaching and, and I think we'll start again soon. But when we learned the method, uh, we went to a couple's living room, um, and, and we sat there and, you know, just got to know them and saw how they interacted with each other. And there was that real good um, intimacy and mentorship feeling. So I, I definitely want to get back to that if we can. It really goes back to the history of Serena as an organization as well, because it started in somebody's living room and <laughs> they've, they've kept that, that idea that it's, it's knowledge that's going to be passed from one couple to another uh, in, a, in a very personalized way. 
So it's it's um, part of our, our heritage. Yeah, yeah. I, I should mention that we uh, we started in the 1950s, so we're we're a pretty old organi- we're a pretty old organization, and uh, we've we've been blessed with um, um, our medical advisor, Dr. Suzanne, who's been with us the the whole way. Uh, refining the method over years and years, and so it's 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 really it's really neat having those roots, being kind of our organization kind of dating back to the beginning of the natural family planning kind of modern movement. So it's it really fun. Wow, that's incredible! Because I mean, the 1950s was really when NFP was starting to become more talked about, right? I mean, more more so widely shared and being suggested as a way for couples to implement that into their family planning, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, the couple who started it, they, they heard uh, from other countries that were doing research on this method. They were, they were hearing about that. It was a Catholic couple and they were so keen to bring that in and, and use that in their own lives. And then uh, they had that enthusiasm to share it with other people, mm-hmm. which is exactly what has happened. I think with every, every teacher couple since then, um, there's that enthusiasm that you are so you treasure this so much in your own life that you, you really want to tell other people about it. And I, I warn people these days that if you learn natural family planning, you might become an oversharer. <laughs> that's, that's what happened to me. There's just you're just so excited. You're so excited about uh, fertility and fertility signs and what this can do for your life that uh, the boundaries are gone you're just going to have a dinner table conversation about about fertility signs and, and nobody can stop you and mucus and cervixes <laughs> <laughs> i can relate i can relate 100 percent to that i have to remember oh someone else might be completely on you know shocked or overwhelmed by the idea that we're talking about cervical mucus over spaghetti but it happens <laughs> So tell us, so Serena falls under the symptothermal method, as we mentioned in the introduction here. Can you tell us what does that, what does that look like? How does it work? What does it look like for symptom tracking charting while using um, Serena with their principles? So if we look at the average day in the life kind of thing, there are three signs of fertility that you track on a day-to-day basis. So uh, the first one is the basal body temperature, the resting body temperature, so that's uh, first thing when you wake up in the morning, you're gonna pop the thermometer in your mouth, or if, if you're like me and you're not a morning person, your husband's gonna pop the thermometer in your mouth. <laughs> teamwork, teamwork all the way. Um, so the, that's the temperature, which you then track on your chart. And then we track the cervical mucus to, to look for signs of uh, ovulation approaching. And we also track the cervix, so the, the position, um, and a few different qualities about the cervix, which help us. And it makes a, a triple check system. So if you're ever uncertain about the temperature, if you have any kind of reason that the, the mucus might be unreliable that day, you've got, you've got your, your cervix. Your, your cervix, so you've got the double and the triple check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, the morning is the temperature, mucus throughout the day, and then cervix at night. And yeah. when we're teaching couples, we're always encouraging, like, make sure you're both involved. Sometimes we say, hey, Get the man to write everything down at the end of the day. Ask you some questions. What was going on? What were the signs? Yeah, we're, we're, we're a bit old school. We, we love using the paper charts because it's kind of foolproof and everything's right there in front of you. But uh, we do, Serena also offers an online chart. And some people like to use that. But either way, both, both partners can be involved in recording the information. So how frequently do you meet with a practitioner when someone um, first 
signs up through Serena to start charting? What does that look like? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of uh, difference in some of the provinces. Um, some provinces will do a, a group, group teaching to start off with, and that'll be one session that's usually about two hours. But um, other areas, there's, there are that one-to-one -one sessions. And when we're doing it online, typically we're seeing that we're doing two sessions closest together, maybe an hour, an hour and a half. Um, and that's usually enough to get the bulk of the main teaching done. And then what will follow will be uh, follow-ups where we'll, um, we'll follow up with someone after they've done the first chart usually um, to help, help them go through and identify if, if they've learned everything properly. There's a lot of flexibility there though. There's, uh, we always do you know, those, those one or two big intro sessions to, to give people what they need to know to start. But we'll do a, a variable amount of follow-ups depending on someone's needs. So uh, typically if we're working with someone, say who's coming off the hill, we'll, we'll wanna do a few follow-ups. Um, maybe it might be once a month after that main teaching uh, as, the, as the fertility is returning and, and guiding through the, the difficult challenges there. But we do have people who, you know, they get that main teaching session of one or two sessions. We did the follow-up to make sure they're charted correctly. And we can see that they're doing so well, they get it. So we, you know, we say, you know, you're free, go, go do your thing. And then they can email us anytime. They have something confusing on their chart. They're uncertain. Uh, you know, did I, did I find my peak day correctly? Anything like that. Um, so we're just, uh, because we're volunteers, it's not like they have to, you know, pay for each session. We just, we're just open to people emailing us anytime they have questions, basically. And then usually um, we've got some modified methods for or modified rules for after childbirth and during that, that perimenopause phase. So we've had, uh, yeah, we usually have people come back to do uh, uh, another kind of learning session when those times in people's lives come up. This is really awesome and helpful. And I just want you guys to speak a little bit more with volunteering. I think that's really incredible because there is, um, I think with some methods, you know, there is a shortage of instruction. So to be able to give of your time like this is incredible. Um, do you guys find that with Serena, um, the model has always been volunteers. Do you have quite a few volunteers that work in the different provinces that are working with a variety of couples? It's interesting. It kind of, it, um, it kind of comes and goes. Um, I think also with the popularity of natural family planning as well. Um, since our organization has been around so long, we've kind of seen the, um, the real uptick uh, where that happened in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And then it seemed like um, it kind of died down in the past few decades. And I think we're starting to come to a time where we're going to be rebuilding again. Mm -hmm. So off the top of my head in, in Ontario, just the one province, um, at the moment, I think we have between 10 and 12 uh, active teacher couples. And then I think maybe another eight or nine that are kind of, uh, I, yeah, what happens with volunteering sometimes is that uh, people will have children, they'll be in an active time of their life. So kind of busy, like, oh, they're on pause. They're not active right now, but yeah. they're still around and they're often helping with them, um, uh, working on how we're teaching the method and just not, not actively teaching people, but helping to develop the method and plan and advertise. I think the thing that keeps us going though, is as volunteers is really all of the relationships. Uh, 
it's it's been so wonderful to meet all these other couples. So uh, the teacher couples are all different ages, all different stages of life. There's some people in retirement age, some people with families, some newlyweds, and they're just uniformly the nicest people you have ever met. And I feel like we've learned so much from seeing those relationships they have with each other, uh, learning from couples who've been married for decades. And it just doesn't even feel like work to me when we're volunteering to either to have meetings with these other couples or teaching new couples the method. There's this excitement and, and support that you get and it just makes it feel like you're having fun. That's so beautiful. And I think it really speaks to a, a desire that we all have for community. And I think with something, you know, as vulnerable and personal related to our fertility to be able to have that support and a network of people that, uh, you know, it goes, it goes beyond a relationship that, you know, oftentimes can feel very sterile when you're dealing with, um, you know, so many different aspects in, in healthcare that to be able to have that, I think hybrid approach where it's like, you can have that relationship and obviously, you know, HIPAA is in place and you're protecting the privacy and personal information, but there's also an opportunity to really get to meet with individuals and walk with them. I think it's just such a, a unique position to be in when it comes to healthcare and, and walking with people that I think, I obviously I think really speaks to your organization, you know, being around and growing so much and for so long that this is a model that works really well and speaks to so many. And I do hope and, and agree with you. I think there's an uptick in that we're, we're starting to see again with fertility awareness and natural family planning that I, I do hope continues. And I think it will just seeing that there are so many more women looking for this information, asking questions, asking their doctors. And we're starting to see, you know, some organizations are helping train doctors in this area and, you know, others are more advocacy related, helping women to know what to ask and how to understand their fertility in their bodies. And we, we need everybody in this mission and in this, I think in this race, essentially really to be able to help women understand how their bodies work and for couples to be able to utilize this and recognize this is actually a, a, a great way to understand, you know, your fertility as a couple, as a woman and, and understanding, you know, what, what's all involved when it comes to marriage and intimacy too. So it's great. I, and, and speaking that, that too, uh, what I find promising is since we have all these different provinces uh, in Quebec, uh, I think they're, they're kind of leading the charge right now. And recently we've been hearing from our, our the Quebec group that, uh, like they have too many people <laughs> they ended up on a waiting list with for clients because there's so many people interested so it seems like uh the, the french canadians have that real passion for this right now it's just trying to okay let's get all these english canadians interested too <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so you guys had touched on this just a little bit um in the beginning of the interview but i, I want to touch a little bit more on it how does it how do you recommend a spouse getting involved and what are some ways that you've seen um that, you know, tend to work for couples or that you recommend trying um, to, to see that, you know, both spouses are engaged and it's not feeling like, okay, it's, you know, solely on, usually it's solely on the woman, but I don't want to leave men out. Maybe there's some men who find that they're, they're carrying the brunt of the work too. That is such a, that is such a great question. And I think it's, it's so important that you approach it from a spirit of teamwork because yeah, you really don't want it resting just on one person's shoulders and feeling like a stressful thing. So on a, on a really practical level, like I was saying earlier, pre-baby, pre so before, before our little, little son came along, uh, I was not used to getting up early in the morning. Now that has changed. <laughs> but, uh, Paul would be the one to get the thermometer off the nightstand, um, 
pop it in my mouth and, and record the temperature, uh, which was a big help to me. That was just such a, such a nice, nice uh, gesture from him. And then at the end of the day, when we sit down and go over the symptoms from the day, we, we often suggest that it's uh, the husband um, who will sit down and have the charts pen in hand uh, and say, okay, what were, the, what were the symptoms today? And report all of those on the chart um, so that you each have a job to do. Yeah, we, we started using this method before we got married and uh, we were living in different places. And uh, I remember I had the chart with me away <laughs> from Hannah and I would phone her every evening and be like, okay, <laughs> what have we got? I'm, I'm writing everything down. And it, it really was an interesting, it was, it, was a, it was a great way to prepare, I think as well. Like, oh, no, we're going to be doing this. Let's start getting ready. Yeah. And even uh, when we were trying to become pregnant, uh, the, the great thing was we, we discovered at the same time that I was pregnant because we were sitting down and doing the chart together. Um, and there's, uh, with the, with the temperature-based methods, if you have a high temperature for a certain number of days after ovulation, it can, like, it can tell you that pregnancy has, has occurred. Um, so, so yeah, we're sitting there, we're going one, two, three, four, <laughs> 20. Ah, you're pregnant, definitely. <laughs> So there was never that moment of, oh, how do I break the news to him? Um, because we we were just uh, working on the chart together and we were just in it together and found out at the same time. There's some other practical things too. Um, when, whenever we're teaching, if we know we're teaching a couple, we're always encouraging both, both people to be there right from the start. Um, yeah, and when we're doing a teaching, we, um, we do a practice chart. So once we've taught everybody the fertility signs, uh, how to how to write them on the chart and everything. We want to make sure they've really got it. So we give them a kind of a, a quiz where they have a chart they have to they have to interpret. And that's something they do together. So they sit down, they work on that. We want to make sure they both got a good grasp on the method. So that's that's a, it's not just for the woman to sit down and learn the rules herself. Another feature I like um, on the chart is that we have you have to write down your goal. Mm -hmm. And I find that using this method or every cycle, we're always coming back. Okay, we got to fill in the goal. What's our goal? <laughs> so we're always having that conversation together. And then the, the abstinence talk, we love having the abstinence talk, talking about like, okay, this is how you don't have sex if you're avoiding. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it really is a team effort because, you know, when that, when that, peak fertile time is coming up, there's some desire happening. You've got hormones working against it. So it's a, you've got to work together. So we like kind of, we like talking with couples about what our experience of that has been like and um, the, the practicality of what do you do? Um, and um, kind of once you get into the rhythm of doing that in your own life, it's, it, it makes it, it interesting and uh, oh yeah the other thing i guess we always tell men is uh hey if you're looking at that chart you know when that uh that infertile time is coming up so you know how to make plans and you can tell your wife like oh hey if you're feeling really moody right now like oh yeah i i, I know why and then we can talk about it and be there for each other 
<laughs> yeah, this is awesome. These are great examples. And I think too, just like using this information as a way to inform, you know, the conversations you're having or how to, you know, how to love your spouse in these moments too, where you're like, okay, we are choosing to abstain right now. Okay. What does this mean? All right. What is the chart showing us? Okay. What's coming up? You know, oh, your period's coming. Okay. Well, I know this is a time where maybe you feel really exhausted, depleted. Like, how can I love you in this space? Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, I like that you said at the top of your charts, there's that, you know, what is your, what is your goal and having that conversation every month? Because I think that's something that, um, I think because we have been so inundated with the idea that if you're taking hormonal contraception, you don't have to talk about it. You know, there really isn't a, a need to talk about it. You can wait six months, you can wait a year, you could wait five years. And I think, um, sometimes I think that mindset or that mentality comes into play when individuals are using NFP, like, well, if we don't, if we decide we're not having a child now or we're disagreeing, oh no, that's going to mean forever or that's a problem. And it's like, well, no, that might just be for this month. Maybe you're disagreeing or you're on the same page or you're grappling this conversation. It will come up again. Um, and I think that is often a conversation I have with individuals where they're like, oh, right. They kind of forget like, no, that that will come up again because you're you're going to be looking again at the chart again, when you're ovulating, the decision you have to make it to abstain together, or if you're wanting to achieve and what that looks like, um, that I think it's important, just as you guys said, teamwork is so important and having those conversations and leaning in rather than away from each other to help each other. Yeah. You had and mentioned, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to, I was going to say that it always comes back to the couple. You know, we teach the rules, we tell them how to you know, avoid if they want to avoid, achieve if they want to achieve, but uh, the, the, it's, it's entirely them who are in charge of their, you know, fertility and fertility decisions, which I think is fantastic. So even when you set up that goal, um, we don't, you know, we don't hold them to that, right? If it's halfway through the cycle and they, they're just going to be spontaneous. It's, um, I think it's that, that ownership that they have over their own, their own fertility decisions because they have so much information and they can, do with that whatever they like so it really puts it back into the couple's hands which i which i appreciate yeah we remember having conversations with couples who are like oh i see uh, there's some intercourse here during this time uh, that doesn't match with your goal they're like yeah we kind of just changed our mind we're like oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> we got it it's okay we're like just just remind you that that's not gonna you're trying to do this it's not gonna work but yeah, it's been fun because we have taught couples who they've started off with the goal to avoid and then they've changed after a few cycles to they want to achieve and then we retaught them how to achieve and then they were able to achieve and then we taught them afterwards how to avoid. And it, was just, it was just fun going through that journey with them. Yeah, and I think that's a really great point. I'm glad you you both make that. You know, it's you know, you guys aren't the the police here in making sure that you know, hey, you said this is your goal, like this isn't allowed, or you know, any of that, you know, feelings of you know shame or guilt or anything like that. It's just like, hey, we just want to make sure you understand, you know, that how the method works based on your goal. And if it's like, hey, well, we decided to not pay attention to that goal, or our goal has changed, like that's great. And I think you know making sure, yes, that the couples have that information and the tools in their hands to know that they can make these decisions together and understanding and making sure that, okay, they, they know the decisions that they're making together. That's huge. That's so powerful versus just saying, okay, take a pill, turn everything off. It's like, no, you get to actively participate in every aspect of your marriage as it should be, um, mm -hmm. which is, which is huge. You had mentioned with, um, 
briefly with um, your own engagement story, which I love that Paul, you had the charts and you would call Hannah every night. That's awesome. Do you mm-hmm. meet regularly with instruction for engaged couples? Is that something that you do and including um, the, you know, fiance, fiance, like including them together, or would you start teaching the woman first or what, what does that look like? Oh, we, we definitely will teach engaged couples. Uh, it's a great time to learn. We, we recommend that if people are planning to use natural family planning uh, in their marriage, that uh, if you can start six months ahead of time, that's amazing. Uh, of course, we'll start you any time, but if you have time to learn and really master that knowledge, it helps when, when you're coming up on a lot of changes in your life. So we have taught engaged couples, uh, even at times when they're living in different parts of the world and we all just get together on, on uh, video chat and do our best to, to keep everybody engaged with, you know, helping out with the charts from different places. So, uh, we, yeah, we love that. We love working with engaged couples. We, we do also sometimes do presentations at marriage preparation courses, which is sort of like a, like a one hour, here are the basics, uh, introducing people to the idea of natural family planning. Yeah, we've even got some groups that, uh, I think there's some diocese in Manitoba. Yeah, diocese. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, where they, uh, I think that local team does a full teaching session with uh, engaged couples there mm-hmm. as part of the marriage prep. So it's it's there's different different things happening. But yeah, we if we get an opportunity to do it, we'll do it. <laughs> that's awesome. And so, what about for individuals if if they're single, like thinking single women, can they learn um, with you guys because with that teaching couple aspect, or do you um, recommend something different? No, they can, they can learn with us. Really, anybody anybody could learn with us. So uh, we've, we've taught individuals. Uh, and We've heard stories of single men being taught too. Have you really? Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> everybody should have this information. <laughs> but for That's sure, awesome. single women is what we encounter more, more often. And the only difference there is uh, I always encourage them that if, if they, uh, they get a partner in the future, um, you know, bring them back. And we can we can talk again just so that that that, that fiance or that husband can get in on this information and be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but no problem at all teaching that single woman. Awesome. Yeah, uh, sometimes I, I think um, depending on people's comfort level, sometimes people do women on women teaching um, without the man man teacher. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing with the couple to couple teaching is that Paul, for example. He offers a great perspective to the, you know, the husband or the fiance, uh, the woman we're talking to, because he can really, um, he can really convey what are the challenges, what are the benefits, uh, what is the male perspective here. Um, I love hearing him share his enthusiasm for how fascinating the female reproductive system is, uh, and so uh, that's that's why we love having the couple to couple, because there's the, there's a different perspective that that comes into that. Yeah, uh, I was so I, when I when I first told Paul about natural family planning, I wasn't sure what he would think about it uh, because you never know. Like, is he going to think it's kind of gross, or you know, there's bodily fluids involved? And I was floored by how excited he was and how cool he thought everything was. Like, really, your body does that? <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. That's how my husband is too. And I think I, I want to give you know benefit of the doubt. I think, you know, there are, you know, individuals, especially for guys, if you've never heard of any of this, which most haven't, I mean, if if women haven't, what are the chances men have too? 
um, that I think once they start to learn, it becomes more fascinating and amazing that it's like, wow, this is how your body works. This is how our bodies work together. And I think it for, I hear a lot of times that switch that happens in, um, husbands particularly where they're learning with their wives' bodies and they're just in awe of how intricate and beautiful it is. And I think that's just such a testament to this doesn't have to be something that is gross. And I think it's often pitched that way, you know, thinking about health classes and you're in puberty and everything's kind of gross as it is, but it's like, okay, as a maturing and, and we're growing and you love the person that you are marrying, you know, it's loving every part of them and recognizing and reverencing the the beauty and how the woman works and her, how her fertility works and the same for men and recognizing, wow, this is actually a huge gift. This is amazing that our bodies work in this way. And we have all this information and data available that we can see it playing out. I think it's just beyond cool. Yeah. So I think we, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. You guys go ahead. <laughs> um, we love conveying that to couples. I think when I think about sitting down with our teacher couple that we learned from, from the first time I was nervous and I thought it was going to be awkward. I'm sitting in a stranger's living room and suddenly we're talking about these body parts and, and everything. And that went away so quickly. And I think it was because of them, because they were, they were sort of modeling to us that this is fascinating. This is something we have a healthy respect for. And that I absorbed that right away. So I, I, I get the sense that as we're, as we're teaching couples, we're teaching that, that mentality and hopefully gradually changing the world to, to make people excited about fertility. That's awesome. That, that is part of the reason why we, we teach um, single people as well, because it is relevant to everyone. And who knows, that single person might go marry someone and then you can bring someone else in. <laughs> I think some, some of our groups are working on um, doing some educational opportunities with um, young adults to try and make sure that they're aware of this. And, hey, if you want to use this method when you get older, then you, you know, you can learn a little bit about it now, but when you get older, come back, <laughs> learn the full method with your, with your spouse. Yeah. yeah, start a movement. Let's go. This is great. Um, I'm going to ask the harder question that has been a challenge, I think, all across the board in these method interviews. What is the failure rate for, for postpartum and or uh, breastfeeding nursing? And I, I just want to add the caveat. I've said this in other episodes too, failure rate. I do not mean that a child is a failure. I'm using the technical <laughs> language, you know, within within the research and the data. That's what you'll often see as a way to organize and um, assess the data. But what I'm what we're really looking at is just like, okay, how often is the, is the method, um, you know, the framework and the rules allow for this method to be used successfully postpartum if you're trying to avoid successfully postpartum and nursing when you're trying to avoid. So I just, I always like to clarify that because I, by no means do I mean a child is a failure by any scope of the imagination. Yeah, I think in our, a lot of our literature, we talk about it sometimes as the unplanned pregnancy rate as well, which is nicer way to put it <laughs> yes uh, yeah um so something we haven't talked about so far is um most of our method most of our teaching is the symptothermal method but we also do teach the lactational amenorrhea method as well which is uh relevant for uh breastfeeding mothers who are breastfeeding on demand after childbirth and they meet the, the particular conditions yeah yeah there's some detailed conditions you have to be meeting but I do know from that, we've been involved in our, our, our medical advisor, Dr. Suzanne was involved in some studies with that. And what they have shown is from the clinical studies is that the 
probability of pregnancy is often less than 2% when the criteria are strictly adhered to. So that's, that's the data we've got for that. Um, so it's, it's pretty effective. <laughs> it's a pretty low rate. Um, in terms of the, using the synthothermal method uh, postpartum, I don't think we have any studies that I'm aware of for that. There might be, I have to do some more research um, on that. And um, I'm sure if anybody asks us, we'll be looking into it in the future, but it, it, is, it is challenging. Um, our medical advisor has recently put out a new book. It was first published in French. We're so excited about this book. It's going to be good. <laughs> and it's going to be coming out in English soon. And she does, I think, a pretty good job in there of talking about the effectiveness of the synthothermal method in more detail and kind of explaining all the different factors. So it's got, it's got the, the, uh, the, the unplanned pregnancy rate for the method in general. And usually, I think she says, on average, it looks like it's less than, or it's about 1% for perfect use. So following the rules exactly with adequate teaching. Uh, and, yeah, we emphasize that because I know that there is a, um, there is a desire from some people to try self-teaching, especially if their resources are limited or they don't know how to connect with an instructor. Uh, but the, the stats that we're citing, um, they're, they're all dependent on you learning the method really well and, and knowing the rules well and having support when you have questions. So we always emphasize that um, it's so important to have the instructor. Now, one thing about Serena in Canada is that we're a nonprofit organization. So uh, if someone comes to us and doesn't have the money to do the teaching, they're going to get a teaching anyways, uh, because we have donations coming in that can support that kind of thing. So no reason not to get an instructor. <laughs> yeah, I'm really no, glad no barriers. You said that because that is something that I see a lot of like, well, I'm just trying to teach myself. Like, what do you think? It's like, I think you need an instructor. That's what I think. Because if you really want to have that, you know, perfect use or close to perfect use, you need appropriate instruction to be able to do that successfully. And I think that I'm really glad you're just bringing up that language around, around the research findings of that, because that's a huge component um, to successfully using the method, you know, and even, you know, if you're thinking, okay, I'm, you know, to move beyond even perfect use, just to think that, you know, you have that support network that you need. So when you have questions or something looks a little off in your chart and you're not really sure why you have someone to ask, you know, that you can reach out and have that support that you need so that you're not just trying to flounder or Google it, or just kind of go with it when it's maybe not meeting the goal that you set for that month as a couple, or, um, you know, you just have some larger questions around your health that it may be pointing to something different going on. That's it, it's an indicator to pay attention to. Yeah, you don't want people to be frustrated with NFP and, and you know, second guessing themselves. And uh, there's there's a ton of situations that can come up that are somewhat unique or uncommon. And uh, and having someone to to guide you who has seen all these situations before uh, is so reassuring. I I always get so frustrated when I see that the, the people who are not connected with an instructor. I see that online a lot, and I want so much. I want something better for them because you know, it can be such a, such a supportive experience when you're connected to something. It's so true. So this ties in really well with the next question I have with insurance coverage. You mentioned you're a nonprofit and you have um, funds that come in to help cover costs. Does insurance cover the cost of working with a Serena instructor as well? Or what does that setup look like? Um, and maybe you can speak a little bit too as well to being a nonprofit and 
um, funding available so you don't turn couples away. Yeah. So yeah, Canada, again, a little bit different, I guess. Um, we're not covered by the, by the insurance up here. Um, so typically what, what will happen is that we have a, a one-time fee for the teaching, um, a suggested amount. And, uh, and then, yeah, if someone expresses that they have financial need, then we, then we would just waive that amount. Or yeah, it varies a little bit province to province, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, we've got that fees usually to pay for the physical materials that they're, they're getting and then to help try and support the organization a little bit. Um, a lot of our organization used to get government funding and uh, our group in Quebec still does. So that helps mm -hmm. with that. But um, I think I, kind of the model a lot of our groups will be working with going forward is being like, hi, you taught the method. <laughs> you were taught the method. Uh, what do you think of the organization? You want to continue to contribute to it and help support? And, uh, yeah. So yeah. we get we get support from the people who have learned the method. We get support from um, yeah. you know community organizations that want to fund the, these types of reproductive health projects. Uh, you know, some of the groups get government funding, so it's a, it's a bit of a variety, um, but it seems to it seems to help us keep going yeah it, it the, and the costs for our clients are, are fairly low because all our teachers are volunteers right so we're not trying to support we don't have that that staff support cost for all our instructors instructors so it's really the volunteer efforts of everyone who's teaching that um is why we're able to offer the services that's guess, awesome. relatively cheaply yeah, yeah. That, that helps a lot. And just clarifying, I think for those listening, wondering like, okay, how do I start? What does it look like? How much do I need to um, set aside for this or budget for this? This is great. I want to ask you guys too, what does the training of a Serena instructor look like? I'm so fascinated by, by this. And it's a question I love asking for all these different instructors that I've had on, because I think it really helps to paint the picture for someone listening. Like they, there is, there is, there is training that goes on behind the scenes. This isn't, um, you know, you guys aren't teaching yourselves either. I mean, this is really mm -hmm. a much larger um, endeavor than I think oftentimes individuals realize when it comes to getting an instructor, all that that entails and the knowledge and the expertise. Yes, yeah. So with Serena, they standardize the training for the, for the teachers um, so that we, we do have to pass an exam. It was like going back to university again. I hadn't taken an exam in so long. <laughs> and, yeah, and each of us separately have to take separately. An exam, like so we learn the method together, but no, no, no. You have to you have to take the quiz separately to prove that you both know. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of content on uh, anatomy and physiology. You, as a teacher, you learn a great deal about the, the amazing dance of hormones that's going on in the course of the cycle, and then you you learn the specific guidelines for teaching those uh, those different stages of life so the postpartum teaching is different from the basic teaching and perimenopause teaching is different coming off the pill is a different set of information so you go through all of that all of those uh, many many sample charts looking at real life charts uh, of women and, and uh, then you get tested on your interpretation of you know, how would i advise this client and that kind of thing um, it was a bit nerve-wracking but we we did well <laughs> we did well. Paul did slightly better than me, which is a sore point. Oh, I was just lucky. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of also done as a little bit of. I guess it depends on the province, but it, it can be a mentorship opportunity as well. Usually, there's um, more experienced. I guess as a volunteer, you kind of as you get older, you 
you move up in the organization. <laughs> like I'm not teaching as many, but now I'm starting to train the teachers. And so we have our, 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 uh, our lead instructor and uh, they're, they're, they're uh, going through everything with us. We're gonna going through all the, all the presentations that we use to teach clients with us in detail. Uh, they're giving us examples of clients, anonymized of course, of situations that they've gone through and how they've done it. Um, we're, we're, we're gonna we all end up observing someone teach and then we're also observed teaching someone to, to yeah, make once, sure that our teaching skills are good. Once you pass the exam, you've got, you've got those, those uh, practice sessions in a way. Um, so they can make sure that you've got, you've got the right approach. Yeah, and then I guess some other of our content is we, we learn about all the natural family planning methods, just kind of like how they work a little bit in detail. We have to learn about uh, the hormonal contraceptives and all the different type of contraceptives that are used so that we're able to talk to people about them and know the difference. And on, on an ongoing basis, uh, each, each year, there are workshops that the teachers will go to as part of the, the annual general meeting of the organization. So um, last year, we did a big focus on what are, the, what are the fertility tracking apps that people are using and you know, what are some... Uh, words of caution about them or what the best ones to work with our method or if there's updated research. So there's, there's that ongoing training that we get as well, which is fantastic. I think, I think recently there's also been a push to um, try and introduce more training on teaching skills themselves. So I think we're going to be doing more workshops on active listening and just uh, how do you present material to people and do to have that mentorship role. That's awesome. Wow. That is so involved. That's incredible. Yeah. It, I was listening. It's like, wow. Okay. <laughs> this is the real deal. <laughs> it's like a year long experience. Just kind of going back with the, the teacher and getting your exam done and then getting it marked and reviewing it. And yeah. It's, it's, it's long, it's long. <laughs> but it was, it was, uh, I was so glad that I learned all of that because it was like an extension of my learning NFP in the first place. It was like a, a, a deeper dive into all of that biology and all of those different situations. And I was so glad to have that information. Yeah, we know all the exception rules that we don't teach people right away because it's just like, oh, you don't need to know all of this to begin with. Like, oh, if this little thing happens, then this is the rule. So yeah. we have to know all about them. Yeah. That's, that's intensive, but it's great because then it's, I think it just helps for users to know like, okay, when I have that question, like, you know, Hannah and Paul or the other teaching couple that I'm working with, like they, they know the answers, they have the resources and they know who to go to. And I love that you have ongoing trainings too, that there's mm -hmm. always more learning. You know, I think that's something too, just any more than, you know, in the medical profession too, with like doctors, nurses, like there are those opportunities of engagement and learning more and continuing to learn. Um, and so this isn't, I think sometimes, you know, NFP is kind of placed in a separate category as if it's not related to healthcare, but it really is. Um, mm -hmm. And the opportunities for learning and continually staying up on the latest research and what's available is a part of that process too. And I think that's really important to highlight for those listening to recognize like, no, NF, NFP falls into that category. You know, that's, that's an important yeah. aspect. Otherwise you're not getting the most up-to-date and relevant information. Um, yeah. That's, that's, and that's, yeah. that's yeah, if you if you get into self teaching, then you do miss out on you know, what if you've read it from a book, but what if there are updates? Yeah, it, in twenty fourteen we had a a slight update to a bunch of our rules because uh, we found out like oh there's some research that happened over there. We have to add one more day here to make our method more effective. So oh if any of you out there are taught 
twice arena in Canada before 2014. Come on back. We got a rule update for you. <laughs> right. I think that's the other thing too, is just like, you know, you might for a while find like, okay, I've, I've got it down. I'm not using my instructor anymore. It's working, but you know, it's a good checkpoint to have and make sure, Hey, anything changing what's going on, you know, or if you're in a season where, you know, you've had a baby or you're abstaining for what, like having that support, even, you know, it's not maybe that you're meeting every week, but you you have that that support to check in with and make sure you're up to date is huge. I mean, that helps make sure that you are effective in using NFP and you're not finding, you know, confusion all across the board and frustration too, because as you guys were, you know, we're talking about earlier, like let's avoid the frustration and avoiding the frustration. A lot of times has to do with working with an instructor who you get along with and they're the expert. They're there to help you. So how does a woman find, or a couple, I should say, find a practitioner um, or instructor? Uh, does Serena offer a database so that you guys are easily accessible, able to find someone? I would say basically the touch points are the provincial organizations. So if you identify which province you live in, uh, step one, uh, then they each have a website. And uh, some of them will, will list who their teacher couples are, just like a you know, meet the team kind of a thing. But you would get in touch with, uh, with that province on the, with the contact email and then they kind of they'll find which teacher is available yes or, or closest to your location okay yes sir. so we have coordinators in with each of our groups and they they basically are managing our volunteer teachers so they're just kind of sometimes they might pull the teachers and be like all right who's ready <laughs> yeah I'll, i get an email you know maybe once or twice a week uh, from our coordinator saying hey there's this couple they want to learn who's got time coming up so because we're volunteers we can say no you know we can take on as many couples as we feel we have time for. So uh, then we just email back and we'll say, yep, give us this one. We're, we're ready. <laughs> okay. That's great. Um, so I guess my final question as we're wrapping up here, what are things to consider um, when picking a method, specifically thinking about a couple or a woman who's looking at picking Serena, what questions are helpful to ask themselves to figure out, you know, Hey, this sounds like this would be a really good fit for me things to consider that may, you know, I know this method, I mean, works with a lot of different nuance, but what are those big questions that are helpful to ask and figure out? Yeah, this, this would probably be a good fit. There's a few things that come to my mind. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you want something that you're going to be able to learn quickly and really just jump in and get started, it's, it's good for that because you're going to sit down and have one or two sessions and then it's go time. You can start charting and then come back with your, with your questions. So if, if you want, if you're time limited, maybe you want to, you want to jump in quickly, it, it can be good for that. Um, I think another element that you could ask about is like, do, do you want to be able to have a double and a triple check? Like if you have any uncertainty about your fertility signs, uh, you might want to learn, learn the cervix observations so that you have more confidence that, um, that you're really capturing the, the whole picture if you have any doubt about um, interpreting the mucus or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and then I guess if, if you could ask yourself, like, do I want something that is really going to involve my, my partner? Um, doesn't have to, it doesn't have to, but if that's something that you want, um, you know, you're going to be taught by a couple and you're going to get that great mentor relationship. So if that's something you're looking for, it's a good fit for sure. Yeah. And I, I would really encourage like any natural family planning method. Uh, we, we, we've learned other ones as well. Uh, in our in our journey, and I find if you learn one, it's easier to learn another one. So yeah, like if if you, um, what happened with us is that we had 
learned symptothermal and from looking at my charts, kind of right off the bat, we realized something wasn't quite right. Uh, the cycles were very long. Uh, there were anovulatory episodes. There was you know, delayed ovulation. And uh, it was great for identifying those problems, but uh, to go the extra mile and, and get some treatment for what I later found out was PCOS, uh, we, we ended up learning the Creighton method, uh, which, uh, which is a, uh, pretty easy, easy to find these days. And, and they can connect you with doctors who are macro doctors and they, they know their stuff really well and they can help you out. So I know sometimes we see the methods being pitted against each other, especially online. <laughs> There's a lot of like, oh, which one is better? Um, we really felt that they, they helped us in different ways at different times. Uh, and we've come back to symptothermal for postpartum. Um, and it's just, it's just easy to learn. And it's, it's, it's everything we need, but for that time where we were looking at that diagnosis, Creighton was so uh, so key to getting getting the doctor help we needed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when we were doing that, we were still charting symptothermal as well. I was like doing both at once. I didn't want to give up symptothermal. <laughs> yeah, kind of, I don't recommend that because it's kind of confusing. But, but, but we did really enjoy it because <laughs> our, our the chart the chart we have is so visual, and you get to see yeah. all these symptoms working together. So it just I, I found for me it engaged it's the symptothermal method I'm a little bit better engaged with. Yeah. Yeah, so. And then when I was getting treatment for PCOS, which can, which can involve, you know, hormone balancing and taking different medications, it was so fascinating to see in real time, the, the charts looking more like they were supposed to like normal looking charts. So you could see the impact of all those, um, the help we were getting as, we, as I was charting, which was so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The personal story, the first, regular looking chart baby happens right away. We're like, oh, wow, that was fast. <laughs> it looks normal and a baby happens. <laughs> yeah. We should frame that, We're frame that chart. <laughs> this is awesome. Thank you for sharing more of your, your story and your own journey too. And where you, you were using different methods. I think that's a, a lot more common than individuals realize. And I think, especially when you get into the space of your first learning NFP, I think it's common to think, oh, I'll just pick one and that's it. And I think it's important, I think, to take that pressure off. It, you know, there may be seasons where you're using a different method and then you go back to, you know, the one that you really did prefer or you find that you work your way through. I know at this point, my husband and I, we've used um, three different methods and we're on our third. We use Marquette right now and we we really like it. It works really great for the season. But we've also remind, you know, said to each other and remind each other, like, we may change. We might find that we want to go back to symptothermal or we want to try mucus only. Um, and I think to just give ourselves that permission, especially as a couple, as we're navigating this together is really helpful because it takes that pressure off and thinking, I just have to make this work. And I think too, uh, related to that is, you know, if you find that you, you like the method, but maybe you're just not a good fit with your, um, your instructors, it's, it's an opportunity where you can also, you know, either help figure out what's going on in that relationship that maybe you're looking for more of or less of, or whatever it might be, or it's time to switch. So I think I, I usually recommend, you know, talking with your instructor, figuring out what are maybe those, you know, the disconnect that exists. Um, and if it's really that you're just not compatible with your instructors, switch instructors before just saying, I'm going to get rid of this method altogether and try something else because it may not be the method. <laughs> um, there's a, there are a lot of different factors that go into it and that's okay to explore that and work through that because that's what your instructor is there for to help you with that too. And figuring out like, how do we make this the best working relationship we can and making sure that you feel confident in charting and you're, you know, come to the point. I mean, ideally, I think we all want, you know, couples to 
and women to love the experience of using NFP, even amidst some of those, you know, hard parts or confusion to say like, wow, this is helping me be the best version of myself and the healthiest version of myself. And if you end up, you know, switching methods, if that's part of that journey, then a lot of the information is transferable. So Mm -hmm. you haven't lost anything, you know, you're just, um, just continuing to learn and you can still use what you've learned. Yeah, I mean, I think part of our goal is the way we frame it is we talk about we want uh, the couple or, or the individual to become an expert on their own fertility. So if you want to switch methods, you're the expert. You're going to continue to have that knowledge. Uh, we might be experts on this method and knowing how to teach it, but you're going to be the expert on how it's on your own chart, on what's happening with you. You're going to know that better than anyone. Yeah, I really like that. Guys, is there anything else that you'd like to include? I know in the show notes, I'll include links to Serena Canada and just the contact information and the and the main website. But is there anything else as we're wrapping up here that you'd like to include for listeners or a nugget of wisdom that you want to drop to them? I don't know, we've been shoving a lot in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've covered a lot of, uh, you had a lot of great questions today. And I feel like we've been able to share about the heart of, of how Serena works. So, um, yeah, I, I guess the, the thing for people is you can even come and talk to the teacher if, if you're not sure you want to learn. If you just want to check it out and get an information session, um, that's totally an option. We want you to you know, have all the info you need to decide and see if it's right for you. So, yeah, since we have so many volunteers, volunteers are always willing to talk about natural family planning <laughs> anyone. It's kind of their passion. We love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Hannah and Paul, thank you so much for coming on, sharing about Serena and your experience and the work that you're doing as instructors. It's huge. So thank you so much for all that you're doing. Our pleasure. Thanks so much for, for inviting us. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, share with your friends and help expand the conversation around women's health. If you'd like to learn more about fertility awareness, visit www.managingyourfertility.com for more information, resources, guides, and so much more.